In one of the greatest transformations in all literature, Joseph moved in one bound from prisoner to prime minister. What was it about Joseph, a complete outsider to Egyptian culture, an Ivri, a Hebrew, a man who had for years been languishing in jail on a false charge of attempted rape, that marked him out as a leader of the greatest empire of the ancient world? Joseph had three gifts that many have in isolation, but few in combination. The first is that he dreamed dreams. Initially, we don't know whether his two adolescent dreams of his brother's sheaves bowing down to his and of the sun, moon and eleven stars bowing down to him are a genuine presentiment of future greatness or merely the overactive imagination of a spoiled child with delusions of grandeur. Only in this week's parasha do we discover a vital piece of information that has been withheld from us until now. Joseph says to Pharaoh, who's also had two dreams, the reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God, and God will do it soon. Only in retrospect do we realize that Joseph's double dream was a sign that this, too, was no mere imagining. Joseph really was destined to be a leader to whom his family would bow. Second, like Sigmund Freud, many centuries later, Joseph could interpret the dreams of others. He did so for the butler and baker in prison, and in this week's parasha for Pharaoh. His interpretations were neither magical nor miraculous. In the case of the butler and baker, he remembered that in three days' time it would be Pharaoh's birthday. It was the custom of rulers to make a feast on their birthday and decide the fate of certain individuals. In Britain, the Queen's birthday honours continue this tradition. It was reasonable, therefore, to assume that the butler's and baker's dreams related to this infant and their unconscious hopes and fears. In the case of Pharaoh's dreams, Joseph may have known ancient Egyptian traditions about seven-year famines. Nahum Sana quotes an Egyptian text from the reign of King Josa around 28th century BCE, which says this, I was in distress on the great throne, and those who were in my palace were in heart's affliction from a very great evil, since the Nile had not come up in my time for a space of seven years. Grain was scant, fruits were dried up, and everything which they each was short. Joseph's most impressive achievement, though, was his third gift, the ability to implement dreams, solving the, the problem of which they were an early warning. No sooner had he told of a seven-year famine then he continued without a pause to provide the solution. He says, now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come on Egypt so that the country may not be ruined by the famine. We've seen Joseph, the brilliant administrator before, both in Potiphar's house and in the prison. It was this gift, demonstrated at precisely the right time, that led to his appointment as Viceroy of Egypt. From Joseph, therefore, we learn three principles. The first is 
dream dreams. Never be afraid to let your imagination soar. When people come to me for advice about leadership, I tell them to give themselves the time and space and imagination to dream. In dreams, we discover our passion, and following our passion is the best way to live a rewarding life. Dreaming is often thought to be impractical. Not so. It's one of the most practical things we can do. There are people who spend months planning a holiday, but not even a day planning a life. They let themselves be carried by the winds of chance and circumstance, and that's a mistake. The sages said, Wherever in the Torah we find the word vayahi, and it came to pass, is always a prelude to tragedy. A vayahi life is one in which we just let things happen. A yahi, a let there be life, is one in which we make things happen. And it's our dreams that give us direction. Theodore Herzl, to whom more than any other person we owe the existence of the State of Israel, used to say, if you will it, it is no dream. I once heard a wonderful story from Elie Wiesel. He said there was a time when Sigmund Freud and Theodor Herzl lived in the same district of, the, of Vienna. Fortunately, he said, they never met. Can you imagine what would have happened had they met? Theodor Herzl would have said, I have this dream of a Jewish state. Freud would have replied, tell me, Herr Herzl, how long have you been having this dream? Lie down on my couch and I will psychoanalyze you. Herzl would have been cured of his dreams and today there would be no Jewish state. Luckily, the Jewish people have never been cured of their dreams. The second principle is that leaders interpret other people's dreams. They articulate the inchoate. They find a way of expressing the hopes and fears of a generation. Martin Luther's King's I Have a Dream speech was about taking the hopes of African Americans and giving them wings. It wasn't Joseph's dream that made him a leader, it was Pharaoh's. Our own dreams give us direction. It is other people's dreams that give us opportunity. The third principle is find a way to implement dreams. First see the problem, then find a way of solving it. The Kotzka Rebbe once drew attention to a difficulty in Rashi. Rashi, on Shemoz chapter 18, says that Yisra was given the name Yeter, meaning he added, because Sheyita parasha achat bat la Torah, he added a passage to the Torah, beginning with the words vata techazeh, choose for yourself people who will share the burden of leadership with you. This was when Joseph saw, Jethro saw Moses leading alone and told him that what he was doing was not good. He'd wear himself out, and he'd wear the people to exhaustion. Therefore, he should choose good people and delegate much of the burden of leadership to them. What the Kotzka pointed out was that the passage that Jethro added to the Torah didn't begin, choose from, your, choose from among the people. It began several verses earlier, when he said to Moses, what you are doing is not good. The answer the Kotzka gave was simple. Saying what you are doing is not good is not an addition to the Torah. It's merely stating a problem. The addition consisted in the solution, delegate. Good leaders either are or surround themselves with problem solvers. It's very easy to see what's going wrong. What makes a leader is the ability to find a way of putting it right. Joseph's genius lay not in predicting seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine, but in devising a system of storage 
that would ensure food supplies in the lean and hungry years. So, dream dreams. Then understand and articulate the dreams of others. And lastly, find ways of turning a dream into a reality. These three gifts are leadership, the Joseph way.